On this episode of The Bottom Shelf, we will be covering Plan 9 from Outer Space. Are you ready to discover a world of terrible movies? High above the planet Geekery, three brave individuals, with the help of other friends, work through a list of terrible movies to discover one simple truth. Are they better than people think? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Grab your popcorn. Grab your favorite snack. And get ready to find out. Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, where we discover if terrible movies really are terrible. The Bottom Shelf is a production of Geek Devotions, the show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you're loved. So if you don't listen past this moment here, know this, we love you, we care about you. There is a plan and purpose for your life. Don't give up. That being said, I am Dallas, and we are hanging out in the media room in the space station high above the planet Geekery. I'm hanging out with some amazing individuals like, uh, oh, is that you, John? John? That is me, but you said amazing, so you must be referring to Kevin. Oh, hello, Kevin. I would say you was referring to John because I'm not that amazing, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. That accent's quite amazing to me, so. <laughs> it is quite amazing to me, too. <laughs> Thank you. I, you could say that he's the Scotty of our group. Uh, <laughs> <Scotty>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. All right. So welcome to... The bottom shelf, like I said, this is a show where we discover terrible movies that are really, and we try to figure out they really are terrible. Um, there are some movies out there. I have, I have, I have seen some movies out there that people have told me, oh, they're just trash, and I'm like, I, I I'm sorry, I liked it apparently. Right. And what's, so, what's the what's the worst one that you ever found? The worst one, or, or like the one that everyone says is terrible. You're like, no, I like this. Oh, there's there's been a few, um, like. Uh, for instance, the Predator, the most recent Predator movie that everybody dumped on, calling it derivative. What's that? I like that one. Yeah, I liked it. Nobody else did. I, just I thought, thought it was, was okay. I didn't care um, for it. I just, I just thought it was okay. Right. Uh, the Nun. I really enjoyed that. That got cert- That was uh, called garbage by Rotten Tomatoes. So I get that. How about you, Kevin? What's, what's a movie that everyone hated that you were like, ah, I liked it. Oh, and I liked crawl. Oh yes. What? We have to talk about that later. Crow. Crawl. Crawl. K R U L L. Oh yeah. 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 yeah I like that like one. That's Princess one of my favorites. But not. Yeah. I got that one behind me somewhere. Stuffatized. I, I I think you have every movie ever existing behind you, Kevin. No, for those not of every you, movie. There's certain movies I have. For, no, for those of you listening at home, uh, Dallas, Kevin, and I can see each other despite the fact that we're crossing four different time zones. And Kevin has the li- the freaking Library of Congress <laughs> behind him when it comes to movies. <laughs> it's really I, quite impressive. I did have actually somebody who tried to buy one of my Blu-rays for me for $120. And I was like, dude, I can I don't have to sell you for 120 I looked it up. It was like 204 I was like, no, maybe I should wait on this one. 
Yeah, Kevin's over here on the freaking Hollywood video. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's I miss Hollywood video. I miss Hollywood video. I miss Hastings. Kevin, oh yeah, I love Hastings. That just right, Kevin, hurts my so soul. what's a movie that you you loved or that you liked that everyone else hated? Uh, um I wait, I know it. And I think I talked about this with you before. It was Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Mm. Is yes. that anything like Return of the Killer Tomatoes? <laughs> yeah, very similar, actually. Surprisingly. <laughs> I, I guess I should say tomatoes because they say tomatoes the entire movie, except one person says it the way I do it. Say tomatoes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, one person. So I guess that validates it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's a validation. <laughs> yeah. And we might be talking about a film that I seem to like that no one knows those. All right. Well, Kevin, let's talk about a film today. What has we discovered on the Planet Geekery? Well, um, I came across this. It looked me. It had to take me a bit, but I came across this. It's Planet Nine from Outer Space, made in 1957, directed by Ed Wood Jr. Wow. Let me look at this uh, film you got here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it has a warning label on it. It says, warning, this film contains unrealistic airline piloting. Do not use for educational purposes. You will die. Well, that's going to be fun, guys. <laughs> it's never got flew a, lot a plane of... before, but it could, that could be real. Yeah, that could be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are our expectations going into this film, boys? Well, knowing what I know about the American Film Institute, this has been levied as the worst film ever made. So right. my expectations are low, and I have a feeling that they are going to be surpassed, and not in the good way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kevin, what's about you, man? What's your expectations? My expectations is going to probably be one of the best movies I've seen, because every time when someone tells me something's the worst or it's awful, I seem to like it. Really? Yeah. What does that say about you, though? I'm an awful, <laughs> distasteful person. <laughs> All right. All right. So for me going into this, I am going in this with expectation of going, this is going to be terrible. Um, I've seen clips of this in the past. I've seen images. I will say this going into it. There's some iconic images. So I'm, I'm try- I want to find, I'm going into this wanting to see something good to understand why it's such a cult classic. Like there's people who just love it for some reason. So that's why I'm going in with this. All right. All right. Are, are, are we going to, are we going to sit down and watch this now? Well, I think I'm going to need some coffee before I do that, but yeah, we're going to go into the film room over here and we're going to watch it. You guys ready for this? Yep. Let's do right, it. Kevin. All right. Let's go boys. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. What did we just do? That movie's terrible. Why? I'm... I don't know what you two saying. That thing was glorious. It's gloriously bad. <laughs> The whole entire right. time I watched that movie, I was playing a game of it's nighttime. It's daytime. It's nighttime. Daytime. It's daytime. <laughs> there was oh a thing my. we had um, back in County Cork that every time it changes from day to night, you take a shot of whiskey. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not stupid. 
<laughs> oh that sounds like a good way to die. I know, right? Especially in this film. All right. All right, guys. Well, let's let's get into our spoiler-free discussion of the film. And, and maybe you guys are listening. You're like, what happened? I don't understand. Let me read for you guys the description off of IMDb about this film. Um, well, let me scroll up here. Evil aliens attack Earth and set their terrible Plan 9 into action as the aliens resurrect the dead from the Earth. The lives of the living are in danger. I mean, it sounds good. Um. (laughs) That poster looks fantastic. I'm I'm being honest. Look at the poster. Here's here's a pretty good looking poster. If I've learned anything from watching Mythbusters, it's that you can polish a turd and make it look really (laughs) decent. (laughs) What's throwing me off is like, like top build for the poster is freaking Bella Lugosi. Like I went into this going, oh, Bella Lugosi can't be that terrible, right? It absolutely can. And do you know why? He wasn't really in it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably to, due to his death of a certain he drug. Di- <laughs> well, no, he you know, he died of a heart attack. But yeah, but so the yes. thing unfortunate. The thing about it, though, is he died at the beginning when they started filming this and all they had all they had, and I, I know this, being the tech officer, and quite frankly, I've this is actually my second time seeing this movie, and I've done research, but all they had shot was just little promo shots here and there of Bela Lugosi. Mm-hmm. So that's all they used. So all the shot, all the scenes that he was supposed to be in for this movie, right? Right. It, they, who they got, instead of saying, hey, let's just reshoot this without Bela Lugosi, Ed Wood being Ed Wood, decided no we'll use what we have and we'll just hire bella lugosi's dentist to play bella lugosi's part and when he's on when he's on camera he'll just hold the cape in front of his face so you can't Mm -hmm. actually see his face legitimately that's smart no it's not (laughs) because you can tell that the scenes that bella lugosi were in had nothing to do with the plot of this movie nothing at all like (laughs) <laughs> well you know if disney did this they would have cgi'd his face under somebody else that's true that begs I mean, the question that begs the question kevin would it would it be possible to re-edit this movie nowadays with the technology we have to make it better um you probably could but you know there's one thing i'll say someone actually did use a bit of that technology and put their picture inside of the movie the husband and wife when they funded. Yeah, if you paid close attention and if you saw uh, when the Bella Lugosi supposedly character was going inside where the, um, the bedroom where the woman was at and she woke up, looked at the man, There's mm-hmm. she has pictures hanging above her head. One of the pictures, you'll notice it changed because they inserted their picture to be, um, because they funded it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, they did it during the um the eight the the eighties, nineties. And mm. that's why most editions you look at today, like the edition we have right here, actually has that. Huh. I have to go back and check that out. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I I won't go back to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> Is this so, the only Edward movie you guys have seen? Is this the first um, time of seeing an Edward movie? I don't know if it's my only Edward movie. And I guess that's something people should understand. This is done by Ed Wood, um, which tells you the the quality of film that we watched. Um, yeah, I, think, I don't think I've seen anything else he's done. 
I think we should go watch Glenn or Glenda. Mm. People yeah, say this is no. the worst. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you have to see Glenn or Glenda. That one, yeah. I don't know. That's... Like, okay, so <laughs> I, I did hear a story. Uh, Vampira, the, the, the female, uh, zombie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I heard that when she got the script for this film, she said it was so terrible. She refused to read any parts. Like exactly. she absolutely refused to do it. And she said, I will play a mute, but that's yep. it. <laughs> and they had the one person who always plays a mute do the talking. And that was Tor Johnson. Yes. Tor never talked. And there was a reason why. Yeah, you can definitely tell with his spoken part. But we're, we're starting to get into the spoiler territory on this. And we're not at that part yet. So, right. Oh, sorry. I thought we were. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we already spoiled everything. Oh, there is so much more to discuss, sir. Trust oh my me. Gosh. Yeah. So, so right. spoiler free. Uh, did you find this movie to be enjoyable? Would you recommend it to anybody? No. Yes. Is that was that for you both here? <laughs> was that for both the questions there, Dallas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For me, I say yes because it's entertaining. In order for a film for me to be bad, I cannot be laughing or enjoying anything from this. And I enjoyed watching of how bad this film was. See, like when I watch a movie and if it puts me to sleep and I just can't bear it and I just hate everything about this one. I mean, I loved how bad it was that I was just smiling and laughing throughout the entire thing. Maybe that's the difference is I fell asleep in this three times. I had I to stop how. it and rewind <laughs> it. Now, again, here's my deal. If it's a movie this bad, I'm okay with watching a movie this bad with if we're if we're collectively making fun of this thing. But if you're watching it by yourself, this is a snooze fest. It's a terrible film. Um, I don't know. Well, For I me, was in this room with you. I don't know why you kept snoring. <laughs> For me, like I said, this wasn't the first time I watched it. I I did watch it one other time um, with Steve McDonald when we first started trying to put a podcast together. We did a little podcast demo called John and Steve Do Stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's true like story. Uh, and we that we sat down, we sat down, and we watched uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Um and I will I will say I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it mm-hmm. just because I do agree with Kevin that it is very entertaining just to see all the filming problems that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like watching it's it's like watching a celebrity limo wreck happen in slow motion. <laughs> um, But. <laughs> Going back and watching it a second time, I got less enjoyment out of it this time than I did the first time. It's a one and done thing. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, yes, I recommend it. And I also agree with Dallas. This would be a lot more fun to see with a group of people than sitting by yourself and watching it. Right. I do have a confession. This is like my 30th time seeing this movie. Well, I don't know what's (laughs) wrong with you. There are there are some people who are into pain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Is there anything else we want to add to the spoiler free section of this before we get into? No, the I am I am ready to spoil the dickens out of this. All right. Let me. I'll read. just say if people wants to get this movie, you can only find it on DVD or digital. There's they have not, they have still yet 
to argue and fight who gets the rights to make this a high def film. It yeah. doesn't I'm need to be by. high def. <laughs> okay. That might make it better. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, let me ask this just to see where everybody stands. Who did, did you guys watch it in black and white or color? Black and white. I mean, when we watched it together, it was black and white. I mean, I've seen this movie, both black and white and color. Okay. Multiple times. Have you seen it in color? Yes. John? No, I've not seen it in color. I refuse to watch it in a way that was not intended by the movie maker. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of like the, um, the, oh, what's it called? Polishing a turd? No. But, all right. So Metropolis. Um, it's one of my favorite historical films. It was a silent film, German silent film. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the, is it the 70s or 80s, Queen did rework the soundtrack to it and they colorized the entire film. And it just doesn't, I mean, while I love Queen, it just doesn't feel right. So I feel like I, this needs to I agree with you on that part because, I mean, yeah, the um, the coloring was very off-put. Yeah? Yeah. For me, for yeah. the Metropolis, that's why I enjoyed watching it in the silent black and white. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, John, play the, the, uh, the stinger for the spoiler section, and we'll get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. All right. So before we start the spoiler, I want to read the storyline description off IMDb, which gives you a little more detail what's happening in the story. Because right now, all you guys know is that we watched a train wreck happen. And for some reason, Kevin was smiling the entire time. Uh, <laughs> I think Kevin him. might be the bad guy from Unbreakable. Um, <laughs> who, who hurt you, Kevin? <laughs> my parents. Oh, dang. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call my sister for some counseling sessions later for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the storyline. In California, an old man, played by Bella Bogosi, grieves the loss of his wife, Vampira. And on the next day, he also dies. However, the space soldier Eros and his mate, Tana, use an electric device to resurrect them both and the strong inspector, Clay, who was murdered by the couple. Their intention is not to conquer Earth, but to stop mankind from developing the powerful bomb solar night that would threaten the universe. When the population of the, of Hollywood and Washington DC sees flying saucers in the sky, a Colonel, a police Lieutenant, a commercial pilot and a wife sounds like a bad joke. And a policeman try to stop the aliens. They all walk into a bar, (laughs) the alien ducks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen. So that's the basic storyline. I want to get, I want to throw this out here first. I was so confused about the purpose of the aliens. Like they said, they tried to make contact, but the, the earthling said that they couldn't make contact with the, with them. And I'm very confused as to what was happening in the script there. Did did you guys catch everything? All right. Or to my understanding, how when I was watching the movie, the earth government when they were talking to the general of the stock footage war scene so bad um uh he was saying oh when they've been showing up for years and they tried to make contact with us at first we couldn't understand them but then we made this language computer that can translate any language and so at first, yeah, they couldn't understand them, but of course, then they went with the whole the government's denying that they exist and blah blah blah. 
so they could understand them, but they refused to like, but they were acting like they don't know what they want at the same time. This is my problem. Catch what I'm saying? Like they said, we created the thing to understand them, but we don't know what they want. Dallas, you're asking me to justify a terrible movie. I'm not sure what you're asking for. I'm sorry. That's Kevin's job. Kevin, help us out. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to know how did anyone make it past the first lines and just like, I know I'm getting into, I mean, (laughs) Chris well predicts. He tells people that, you know, um, as he as quoting him from him, he says, we are interested in the future for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. <laughs> and he keeps calling you his friend. And after that, he tells you the instance, my places of what is ha- what's happened on that faithful day. He's like, wait a minute. Are we talking about the future? Or we're actually talking about historical events. Which, which side are we? Right. This, this these are sworn the testimonies. Yes, yeah, sworn testimonies. It happens in the very first opening, telling you this is the future, but it's already happened. I'm like, wait. I, I, I just, is this is this is this the basis? Is this the basis of the first Moody Blues album, Days of Future Past? <laughs> oh man, I haven't listened to that album for a long time. Does this whole does this whole movie take place on a Tuesday afternoon? I need to know. You don't know. <laughs> this reminds me know. of my movie called Your. He's in the future searching for his past for his future kind. I'm like, what? That's an excellent tagline. Tag must have borrowed from Ed Wood. But yeah. I, oh, my God. I totally want to try to sync up the first Moody Blues album to this movie now to see if it works. Sort of like Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon with uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, my God. Yeah, we could do that. we could do that (laughs) oh my gosh oh my god i mean it was just hmm like the nothing made sense to it and again this goes back to the fact that in the first half of the show john you said point out the fact that bill bogosi wasn't really there like they they part of like the pitching the script was they go to these people like oh yeah bill bogosi's in the the movie they're like but he's dead like oh no no we got footage we got a talented writer who's working out the working it out so he so it all works together i'm like what excuse me <laughs> or perhaps like, perhaps bella gosi passed you in the dark and you never know it for there because he was from outer space <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just quoting something from it <laughs> what happened to vampire at the end of the movie nothing <laughs> they lost they, ra- they ran out of- they ran out of film with her. Yes, like, right. li- like literally they said th- how they wrapped up that loose end was they were like, I'd imagine she's going to be like the rest of them because they have no longer have contact with her through their electro beam as right. they fly away. You I know, think so- her, her contract with the Baptist ended because when she was baptized before this movie. Okay. <laughs> you have to explain the Baptist thing. Hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Real, real life thing though. Real mm-hmm. life, real life situation with Vampira. Uh-huh. She only shot, she only shot her parts in one day. Yes. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, she yes. refused to be, she refused to be a part of it for more than a day. So they did all her stuff in one day. That's the reason why. And the script wasn't done by the by the time that they were done filming her stuff. That's the reason why you never see what happens to her character because oh. because she only gave them one day with no speaking parts. I did not know that. That's interesting. And contrary to what like they did for um there was a movie made after this called Ed Wood mm-hmm. by Tim Burton. She didn't went to the opening night. 
unlike some of the others. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if Ed Wood would have made sure Bella Gosi showed up on the opening night. Just prop his corpse up in the front in the front seat. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> his, his cape. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, the Baptist. I don't think I'm really too proud about this movie. There's so nothing in this movie to be comment. proud of. Explain, you gotta explain the Baptist comment, Kevin, because people weren't uh, all okay, listening. Yes, like, yes, because this film was actually funded by Independent Baptist to make this movie because, well, first let's say this one thing. Um, to make a movie, everyone knew you had to go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There was not really independent filmmaking. And if it was independent filmmaking, you went to Hollywood, California, you purchased or you rented whatever you need to rent, but in order to rent that, you had to be funded. He had no money, and when you had to make a film, if you, film was costly. And black and white film was the least cost compared to color because color was available as you keep going on and so forth. So the only ones that would fund for this, for his idea, was Baptist. Of course, their idea was that, hey, we'll, film, we'll fund for this person's film, but in the process, we're going to see if we can get this, these people saved. And we'll get a better film out of them because if they're saved, they'll start bringing people to Jesus through their film. I don't know how you bring people to Jesus with this film (laughs) or the crew, but he, um, they all got baptized. They, after they got baptized, they got funded for the film and yeah. Okay. They were very happy with very, what they were seeing. (laughs) Okay. Though the aliens in the movie did talk about, is it so far beyond your belief that we too believe in God? Right. So, I yes. mean. That was incorporated into it. Mm-hmm. So I will say also the, um, when you look at the scene where they do the, um, the eulogy for the old man, Bill Bogosi's character, uh, the pastor who's doing the, the eulogy and the people there, they're actually, that's the pastor of that church that supported it. Yes. And those are the congregate members. Mm-hmm. And, um, you could tell this man had never been on film before because you have this weird, like 45 degree angle. Cause you're trying to get everybody in the shot. And whereas he should be looking down at the grave, he keeps looking into the camera to speak his lines, like awkwardly craning his head to look into the camera. I'm like, stop. Like as, as a person who does film and records people regularly, I'm sitting going, stop looking at the camera. This is not how it works. <laughs> That's how it worked for that time. So he was like, not used to, making a movie he was used to like being in crowds and he's like like well usually you look at the direction where the camera's at and the mic (laughs) i did hear like the original movie title was grave robbers from outer Outer space space yes and um people speculate got changed because of the baptist connection however i saw an interview with the uh the, the pastor and um he said that first off they they did not get reimbursed completely for the film. The money they gave for the film, they didn't get reimbursed. Nope. But also, he, Ed told them they lost the footage. They lost the film. And then he <laughs> got a phone call months later when the film was premiering. And they're like, hey, this uh, there's this film that's premiering out here, and you're in it. He's like, what? <laughs> and he had no idea they had changed the name to Plan 9 from Outer Space. Two years later. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is terrible. <laughs> so, right. and then let's let's talk about let's talk about oh my gosh, let's talk about why this is a bad movie. 
Let, let, okay. Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> well, the the, may- the the inconsistencies throughout the movie. Go yes. ahead, Kevin. Oh, I was going to say, um, calling a bad movie a, a really bad movie was not really that well known until there was I forgot the man's name. He did like the Turkey Awards, sort of like yeah. when we have the Razzie Awards. And this is one of the movies why he made exclusively called the Turkey Awards. And people were like, what's that? He's like, oh, man, you got the Academy Awards. You got the Oscars. Let's do the opposite because this guy has just hit the nail on the head. We've got it right here. We've actually got the worst movie because this man was just shocked. I I really want to say he was a critic. And they they made this award thing. And there's a book that came out like that year later, too. The Book of Turkey Awards. This was the first one to make it. That's why it was called the worst film ever made. No, that's historical aspect. I'm sorry. Right. No, 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 that's fine. But even the American Film Institute says, yes, it still is. It's (laughs) reigning champion. Well, what's what's going off the why it's terrible. Let's let's look at the warning. Remind ourselves the warning label that came with this film about how this is not does not show you how to pilot a plane correctly. Oh, gosh. the oh the, that's hilarious that's oh my gosh hilarious. first off you you see these two guys sitting in the in the cockpit of the plane flying those were the air basement. quotes for those of you who are listening <laughs> that's a my basement man is, <laughs> my man is they're both sitting there spread legged hands in their lap twiddling literally twiddling their thumbs during their and <laughs> they're piloting the plane <laughs> but their hands aren't on the on the joystick. They're not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, when there's a flash of light that takes place, and they grab hold of the of the joysticks for the plane, which are you realize are just it's a stick and like maybe some cardboard. Yeah, it was and cardboard. Like they, they almost broke it. <laughs> they almost broke. It. And then when they're done, you know, they're exasperated. Oh my gosh, we almost lost control. They put their they let go of the controls again. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> like. like Autopilot doesn't work that way, guys. <laughs> right? How do you know? Have you ever flew a plane? You got me there. <laughs> I did play Tie Fighter on the on Windows ninety five though, so I Again, like Tie I, Fighter. That's not that an American plane. <laughs> We're talking about Americans, not ties. <laughs> nice. I love Thai food. Anyway, uh, then there's the nighttime daytime thing that I was talking about earlier. Gonna dive into that real quick. So throughout throughout this movie, throughout this movie, there is no through line as far as what time of day it is. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll be in a scene and it'll be completely black, pitch black outside. It's nighttime. It's like I, you can hardly see your hand in front of your face. And they'll be like, we have to drive to this other place. They'll get in their car and their car will be driving. It's daytime while the car is driving. Right. And then they get to the other place. It's nighttime when they get there. It's like, did you guys spend like 12 hours in your car driving? driving? I mean, and it happens over and over throughout the movie. And a lot of that is, is because this movie was made on a shoestring budget. The majority of the scenes that do not have the cast in them is just stock footage that they used for the the war scene while they're shooting down I the UFOs. That scene. <laughs> it's 
is just the general stock footage. Except for the general, they keep they keep shooting over to the general, who for some reason, instead of being outside, is standing inside in front of a wall. <laughs> In front of a curtain, <laughs> it's not even ironed with, <laughs> with binoculars. Apparently, there's something on that ceiling that's really interesting. And then they go back to showing the tanks and the missile launchers. <laughs> but this guy's inside with his binoculars, looking at the sky, and I, I'm just, I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. John, he didn't want radiation. That's why he was inside. He was hoping to see him through the window. Oh, we, as, as we've as we've learned from Indiana Jones Part Four, you save yourself by from radiation by locking yourself in a refrigerator. Refrigerator. I mean, that makes yes. sense. I feel like that's a, a key thing. No, don't do that, kids. I learned from Punky Brewster back in the eighties. You don't ever crawl into a refrigerator. Oh my gosh! For all of our children listeners listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've never saw Punky Brewster. I don't know what you're talking about. They probably didn't have it on the Emerald Isle, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, what was the one of the worst things for you, man? What makes this a bad film? I know you like it, but what makes it a I bad film? I know, but you know, there's so, there's so much you can pick at it. But I, other than him telling me about the, the general, um, one thing I would say that I, I enjoyed how bad it was, was every time when the UFO passed, and there was a scene where they're carrying the dead body, both of them. Everyone falls to the ground. They just get that body and just throw it to the right as far <laughs> as they can. I mean, they didn't just like fall down with the body. They get this body. They throw it so freaking far to the right field. And everyone falls down. I think one of the guys actually got his hat and just threw it on the ground and fell down with it. I'm like, are you serious? I rewinded that scene, I think, so many times because I just cried laughing watching how they just pushed furniture aside and everything and threw themselves to the ground. I, man, that was just great. It's like, this is how everything happens. And they could retake it, but because film was so precious to them and they had so much, he's like, no, shot, done, good. <laughs> oh, let's talk about gun safety for a second. <laughs> Firearm yeah, gun safety, safety is very, it's very, it's very serious. Make sure that you always have your lock feature on and don't have a chamber, you know, bolt in the chamber while you're pointing it at your head. This episode is not sponsored by the NRA, <laughs> but John continue. Okay. So the guy who takes over as the lead chief inspector, uh, when the lead chief inspector dies at the beginning of this movie, watch his gun anytime he holds a gun uh he's constantly swinging around pointing it at people pushing his hat up with it scratching his chest it's just uh, you don't do this with a handgun and i i read somewhere that he was doing this just you know to see it did it deliberately yes to see ed would stop and he wouldn't he didn't notice so It's just I'm watching this and okay. so true story about me, like it or hate it. I'm a hunter. I have taken firearm safety courses. I am. I own guns, right? And I'm watching Mm -hmm. this and the part of me is just dying inside that this law enforcement professional air quotes for those of you at home is being this (laughs) reckless with this firearm. I'm like, no. I just wanted to slap him and be like, you do not do this. I'm taking this away until you learn how to handle it better. 
I felt the same way. I did. Oh, because goodness. every time I see that, I think that's the one thing that actually makes me cringe. I mean, even though this whole movie is cringy, but that's <laughs> the one part that makes me cringe is watching how he just carelessly points the gun at his face, scratches himself, points at someone else, points the gun at someone's head, showing them, hey, go this way. I'm like, why is he keep doing that? I don't know how. It's like. Oh, it was so terrible. That's what I mean. Out of everything, that was the one thing that actually I would agree so much on you on. It's like that it just cringes me. I'm like, why? Because I own <laughs> guns too. And it's like, no, that's everything opposite from what you should be doing. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even though the, the gun's a prop and everything else, but still, I'm just like, no, stop it. <laughs> so, I want to add that to the list of things that was just terrible. Just. The props across the board were terrible. Oh, cardboard. Car- the wobbly gravestones to, <laughs> to the to the the flying saucers, which I, I looked it up later. The flying saucers, literally my man went down the street to a kid's toy store, bought flying saucer models and spray painted them silver and put them on strings. And those were your flying saucers, ladies and gentlemen. That's inventive. <laughs> it's <something>. inventively cheap. <laughs> I bet oh, those to- so I bet those toy bad. saucers are worth some money today now. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. All right. Was there anything good about this film? The music. <laughs> was it though? It's, just, it's the most it's the most basic fifties um horror monster movie music you'll listen to. It's like I said you, Have you ever seen a Sam Katzman film? No. The giant claw, no. teenagers from outer space. Mm, I might monster have on a campus. So I might have seen some of these on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Okay, this has that same type of music, and mm-hmm. it just it makes me think of all those um wonderful cheesy bad fifties sci fi monster films, and that's what the music. Group ever- I I will say it's kind of parroting what I said during the spoiler furry review is enjoy to, to it, something that's enjoyable about this movie is watching everything that we just said was terrible about this movie for the first time mm-hmm. just seeing just seeing how bad it gets um and it's not this it's i i'm reluctant to call this a bad movie in that nobody should watch it because it's completely irredeemable mm-hmm. um it's a bad movie in a sense that the the person at the helm didn't care so very much about the output mm. about what he was making he just he cared about getting something out there to make the money right and that that that's something that i i felt was evident in the that you that you see in that but for first time watches yeah this is super entertaining especially especially like i said if you have a group of people to watch it with yeah yeah I mean, for me, I like I said, I can't call this a bad, horrible film because it's entertaining, it's funny, even though it's unintentionally funny. And there's so many things in this movie I enjoy that I think this director, Ed Wood Jr., had passion when he was making this film. And you could tell that he tried with whatever budget he had. And Did he tried he? to do everything he can. It looked like he tried whatever he could with whatever budget he has because there's people who has high budgets and makes horror films one of them like i just remember what you saw me earlier max Payne. i hated that film from beginning to end i never saw they had the budget they had the actor they had everything based on a video game that i enjoyed and they made it the worst way the worst thing you could ever think of 
and I don't know when you see when you see a group of people who try to make a film together, and I, I just I just enjoyed it for what it was. Is it bad? Yeah, but it's a good bad way for me. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with John. I think it's good, and the, the goodness of it is it's a it has become a cult classic where you can get people together and have them make fun of it, talk about it, riff track it, MS3, Mystery Science Theater 3000, however you want to say it. Um, So like, side story a little bit. Years ago, Celeste and I, uh, for an anniversary date, went to go see The Princess Bride in theaters. And um, it was probably one of my favorite movie experiences ever because everybody in the room got it. Everyone knew the jokes. Everybody knew where things took place, and we interacted with it. When you have a group of people to watch this film, you can have that happen, where everybody makes fun of it and they laugh about it and you know do stupid stuff. I think for me, that's the only redemption quality of the, of the film uh, for it to be good is the fact that it can be a community event as long as everybody knows what's happening. Going into this movie, you have to know it's a terrible, terrible film. Period. <laughs> So that that kind of begs the question, though. Uh, let's let's suppose that Kevin's right and Ed Wood did have a passion about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have my doubts, but I'll we'll I'll side with him for a moment. Um, if Ed Wood was alive today, do you think that he would take? How do you, do you think he would receive it well that despite the fact that he intended this movie as one thing that is it has become a cult classic for being what it is now? Or do you think I that think he, or do you think that he would be upset about that perception of it? I think he might get a, a little bit upset a little bit afterwards, but seeing years down the road or after decades, he would appreciate like that guy. Whoever was that movie called The Room? That Tommy one director who, thank you i don't even know where that got where the country that man's from i know he's from europe but no he always claims that no one doesn't know where he's at and he only made two movies and everyone he goes to all the openings and everything else and it's like he just now just accepts the fact that he is the worst director actor producer writer everything all together at once i don't know i mean there's the guy uh who uh i, I can't remember his name now all of a sudden Oh, this is bad of me, but you caught me off guard, Kevin. (laughs) I did it. I'm sorry. But there is one director that is, I think, would take the cake as far as worst modern director. Michael Um, Bay? No, worse. (laughs) I'm trying to think like, I can only think of so many. M. Night Shyamalan? No, worse. (laughs) I'm um, trying, man. How, how far down the? Uh, I I consider David Lynch not to be that great of a director, but everyone else tells me that he's fantastic. Although I like three of his movies. I'm trying to remember this dude's name, and I'm he did he does a lot he, he does a lot of video game movies. Uwe Boll. Oh yes, I know who you're talking about. What's his name? Uwe Boll. Yeah, I think he purposely makes it bad. He gets very angry when people say that he, what he does is bad work. So, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think, know. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's being the biggest movie troll. I think he ter- intentionally makes the movie bad and then throws it himself out there. Like, the, I don't know. 
He's a weirdo. We we might have I'm to, a weirdo, but he makes it weird for me. We might have to do a series of episodes just on Uwe Bull. Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's somewhere in a box over there. I guess for you, if Kevin. I searched, I guess if I searched long enough, I was probably in one of those boxes over there with films. Right. So, uh, for my input on your question, John, just doing a quick survey of Ed's filmography. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of smut. In <laughs> I don't think he'd care. I think he just wants the money. Thank you. I think it's just about the money for him. Just looking at the the kind of just junk that he's done over the years or did over the years because he's passed away. I yeah. don't think he cared. Listen to the interview with his wife or his ex-wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dur- Doris Fuller. What did she Why? say? She said she talks about how much passion he had. And it was so strange because one day He's walking out of the bedroom. He's wearing his wife's clothes. He's like, what What are you doing? Right. They're comfortable. They make me feel complete. They make me feel 100%. They, feel me, they make me feel more me. Okay. And he would go shopping wearing his wife's clothing and do filming in his wife's clothing, which questioned a lot of people. Well, I know yeah. that the, the, the little documentary I saw about the film, they said that Glenn, Glenn, Glenn or Glenda was more of a... Uh, him putting that out there that he enjoyed yes. that lifestyle himself but again looking at everything he uh, he's done it really just boils down to he was about the money yeah probably he was perverted and he won money <laughs> just looking at his filmography just being real with you so. all right <laughs> well on that note Let's go ahead and decide where where on the shelf we're sticking this. Uh, oh. Being as this is the first episode, just to describe this for our listeners, uh, we have a ranking system here. Instead of doing numbers, uh, what we have is we have top shelf, which is the highest rating. Like this is great, great stuff. The the stigma of being a terrible movie is undeserved. We have middle shelf where we find it mildly enjoyable. Um, could understand how some people would not dig it, but you know, we dig it bottom shelf, which is yes, this is a bad movie, but it's worth pulling out and watching every so often or showing somebody else so they can see how bad it is. And then there's dumpster fire, which is <laughs> this movie belongs in a dumpster fire. Nobody should watch it ever. <laughs> Throwing the scintillator. <laughs> Right, so let's, uh, let, let's let's start with our our captain uh, d- d- Dallas. Where where do you think we should file this in our collection? I am because of historical relevance, and because of the the with the with the assumption that you should watch this with other people. I would put it on the bottom shelf. It's a terrible film, but if you get a crew together, you guys want to laugh about it. Okay, Kevin. I'm still going to put in the middle shelf. I'm not bending my back out of place. He's all bitter. He's on the middle shelf for me. Yeah. It's going, it's going to the middle shelf. I, there's a reason why I go to a chiropractor every week. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would, I would also put this on the bottom shelf. Uh, I, I believe that the mistakes of the past need to be remembered. So we don't make them again in the future. Remember that eye level. <laughs> uh, but I mean, jokes aside, yeah, this this is something that 
people should see at least once. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 a bad movie by any. Even when you know the stuff's coming, it's it. The story is incomprehensible. The through lines are terrible. The special effects are awful. It's. But in the same sense, there it, it's the things that make it terrible that also make it entertaining. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everybody should see it at least once. I'd say bottom shelf. Yeah, at least once, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think for us, then here with the bottom shelf, we're gonna put this on the bottom shelf. <laughs> All right. Well, now, guys, for a little time of redemption for what we call. Uh, thanks to our good friend, Ben Avery, Weak Connections, where uh, we're going to find some redemption for this in a spiritual sense. This is a weak connection. And um, kind of where I went with this, love those out, you guys. There's a quote, a line. Kevin, you actually alluded to it earlier. Do you want to guess what line that you quoted from the film that I'm going to go off of for today? Um, a quote I said from the line. Yep. I quoted many things. Which one? From this movie? Yeah, from this movie. <laughs> I'm getting a weak connection from this movie. <laughs> um, I I was talk I was talking about the um the future and the incidents. Um, I said the beginning of Chriswell predicts. I was saying how my cat is dead, murdered, <laughs> and somebody's responsible for it. <laughs> no, so the Crap. it's actually a Chriswell quote. It was perhaps on your way home. Someone will pass oh. you in the dark, and you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. I'm going off of this, guys. <laughs> because there is something like the whole film, like you weren't supposed to realize that, like, if you watch the film, we didn't even talk about the aliens. I just realized in the review, we never even talked about the aliens and all that stuff. But I saw a flying saucer. <laughs> But you're looking at it, you're like they 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 came off as as human. They looked like us. They sounded like us. They felt philosophical like us. But there was something otherworldly about them. And um, it takes me back to to Hebrews chapter thirteen, uh, verse one and two. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to f- show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. And um, to me, like. Again, where I'm going with this is simply this. Well, the meaning of this verse is we need to be nice to each other. We need to be kind to people, even the people we don't expect. Even if they wear, wear really weird, shiny uh, outfits like our aliens in this film. <laughs> because you never Hawaiian know shirts. who they are. Huh? <laughs> or even Hawaiian shirts. Or Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> but you don't know who, pe- who people are. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what's going on in the background. But also, again, there is we have scriptural thing, you know, unaware where we're we may be entertaining angelic host, and uh, I feel like Paul is saying here. I, I say Paul. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. I we can speculate. Paul um, <laughs> is saying, look, we need to be kind to each other, and it goes beyond just not just because there's, there's angels, but because that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to be respectful to each other. We're supposed to love each other, no matter where where we come from, and then. Um, Again, the, this phrasing of hospitality to strangers, it's easy for us to be friendly towards friends. Towards, you know, it's easy for me to be friendly towards John and Kevin. We're friends. We're buddies. We talk. We we, we may uh, may pop shots at each other a little bit and make fun of, of things, but we love each other and we're going to encourage each other where best we can. 
uh, even this past week. I mean, we've we've messaged each other. There's stuff going on in each other's lives. We've we've encouraged each other, but beyond that, we need to encourage strangers, people who we don't know, people come into our lives because we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know what's going on in their lives, and they need that encouragement. And um, like I said, this one contextually here, you know, you could be entertaining a, a heavenly host, but at the same time, you could also be entertaining just somebody who needs hope for a moment and that can change their path forever. So that's my weak connection for it. What are your guys thoughts? It may uh, take nine different times because the first eight times won't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just, I have a scripture that, that goes with this movie. Okay. And this is, this is going to be the, the weakest connection I can make for this. So <laughs> Dallas, if you want to give us a dramatic Bible reading. Okay. I can do uh, that. Let me know when you're ready for the passage. All right, ready for the passage. It's going to be Acts 24, 15, and 16. 24, 15, and 16. All right, let's hear. It is now time for a dramatic Bible reading. Having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So, I always take pains to have a clear and conscious towards both God and man. This has been a dramatic Bible reading. So there's that. <laughs> now explain the context of it. It's talking about the resurrection of the dead, homie. <laughs> I know, but it's, you know, go further. That's tell what me, this movie's about, about is the resurrection of the dead. It's a weak connection, bro. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was, that, that was a very weak. weak connection. I flat out preface that by saying I have the a super weak connection. <laughs> I was hoping you'll give me more than that. <laughs> if, nope, you came, if you came for a banquet, sir, you came to the wrong table. I'm giving you McDonald's samples. <laughs> samples. <laughs> Does McDonald's even do samples anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Did they ever do samples? Yeah, they did. Have did a French fry, sir. You deserve it. No, they give you this wee little bag. It's like this. It's like so tiny, and it, it has like eight fries inside of it, and you can ask for it. They it's used like to do this years ago. What is it, like a McDonald's drug pusher? Like, and psst, hey, kid, it was like you want a fry. It's like they, it's what they it's what they did for homeless people. If so, if a homeless person actually asked for a sample of of ice cream or something, they have these little special ones that was special that you had to know and only people in the community because they had the McDonald house and everything else. And they actually serve homeless people and a lot of communities didn't notice, but you had to know somebody and ask them and they'll do this. So I what you're no saying idea. is that you could go to McDonald's and get a dime bag of French fries. Yeah. <laughs> I just broke Dallas. <laughs> oh my goodness, guys. We need to land this plane <laughs> better than what they did in that movie. <laughs> Hey, I, I took my hands off the wheel a long time ago on this podcast. I'm doing it right. I saw it. Oh my I saw. I see the string still attached to this to this um Space. plane. Should I cut it? <laughs> Go crashing into the planet of the geek, planet geekery. That's it. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast of The Bottom Shelf. Uh, this is a uh, extension of Geek Devotions, a show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to letting people know they're loved. If you want to check out more on Geek Devotions, go to our website, geekdevotions.com. But I want you guys to know that the people who are part of this podcast, they do all kinds of great stuff. Uh, John, what are you part of and where can people connect with you? The, I think it's a shorter answer to ask what I'm not a part of at this point in life. Um <laughs> I do not a part of McDonald's because you didn't know the free samples. Hey, you know, <laughs> I worked for McDonald's at one point and I never knew about him then either. So I'm just saying, uh, but I do voices over at supersonic pod comics. I am the DM at playing games with strangers. I do a podcast about Christian music and theology with Steve McDonald through the geek devotions network called uh, primitive rhythm machine. I guest on any podcast I can get invited to because podcasting is an, is my drug of choice. I play in a band called Mezzanine. Uh, you can find us on the face space as well. How do you spell that? Um, M E Z Z A N I N E. All right. Cool beans. So what I'm hearing is that when the evil space aliens decide to resurrect the dead, they'll pick you up in a podcast studio somewhere. Probably. <laughs> and by, th- by then, I'll probably have 15 more podcasts going because <laughs> that's just the way I roll. <laughs> Welcome to the Dead Men Podcast. I'm John, your host. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, where can people uh, find you, buddy? Well, if they want to come to Florida, they can find me there. <laughs> if they want to go to YouTube. <laughs> if they want to go to YouTube, you can find me on YouTube at um, The Dapper Man. Right. And if you want to check me on Facebook, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I still don't understand how I'm using Twitter or something else. So I just, I'm mostly on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Cool. And it's The Dapper Man. The Dapper Man. Good deal. We'll have links from the description for you guys down below. Again, we want to encourage you guys to go check out these guys. Visit our website, geekdevotions.com. We find this podcast and much more. Com Talk, Primitive Rhythm Machine, Bees, Views, and Reviews, and then a whole slew of articles and reviews that we do. Kevin actually does some reviews for us, and um, hopefully we'll have some more from him pretty soon. soon. Also, real quick before we sign off here, Dallas, I do want to throw a quick shout out and massive thank you to Dave Clements. Yes. For helping us with hosting for this podcast. Uh, Dave is probably the greatest man known to humankind. So, Dave, thank you, bro. We love you. And you make a lot of things that we like to do possible. Dave, I would sing how you're my hero. But the fact I'm not singing tells you how much I love you. Which is Um, a lot. Oh, and Dave also made the thumbnail for the podcast as well. Yeah, he made our art. Just, I haven't met you or seen you, but about. I thank you, Dave. <laughs> we'll have to fix that one day. All right, guys. Well, from all of us here at the bottom shelf, we have rated Plan 9 from Outer Space as a bottom shelf uh, film. So if you guys disagree with us, let us know. Reach out to us through uh, uh, Geek Devotions podcast, our social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions. We might have some more uh, social media for uh, the bottom shelf coming out here in a little bit. We'll let you know. But until next time, Stay devoted. Peace and love. Agree with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>